Welcome to Success the Last, a podcast that honestly explores the complicated topic of success. I'm your host, Jared Siegel. I'm a partner at DeLap and leader of our wealth advisory practice. During each episode, we're going to talk to a business owner, entrepreneur, real estate investor, or industry thought leader about their own experiences, insights, and observations as it pertains to life, business, finances, and ultimately fulfillment. Candidly, it can be lonely at the top. Our desire is to use this podcast to connect you with the ideas and resources so you can be better equipped to make more predictable, profitable, and rewarding decisions as you juggle the competing priorities of life, business, and money. Keep in mind, this is a podcast. It's not meant to be a replacement for your CPA or financial advisor, so be sure to check with the appropriate professionals before implementing any of the ideas. Have you heard of these proverbs before? Rice patty to rice patty, clogs to clogs, shirt sleeve to shirt sleeves, all in three generations. These proverbs are the ways that various cultures have described the three-generation cycle of families' failure to prosper and their tendency to decay over time. Family businesses are among the world's most enduring and ubiquitous economic and social institutions. They're the foundation of social relationships and communities. Successful family enterprises are incredible engines for generating wealth and expressing the owner's values about business and the community. These values may be expressed through the quality of their goods and services, relationships with employees, businesses, and the community, and in philanthropy. But only a small fraction of these families that create businesses are able to sustain them for more than a single generation. The few surviving enterprises are huge and have powerful impact on the community, global commerce, and the environment. They also have a strong influence on the family members and all of those that are touched by the family's various enterprises. By studying the journey of long-term resilient families over three, maybe even six generations, we can extract actionable and repeatable insight. These families pursue business opportunities together while passing on their legacy values, culture, and resources to each of the new generations. While few family enterprises actually reach this impressive milestone, those that do amass this level of resource while also flourishing have a lot to teach us. Roy Williams and Vic Pricer researched the legacy of 3,250 wealthy families. With extraordinary insight, their research revealed what the relatively small number of successful families all had in common and how they were able to achieve harmony while ensuring the smooth transition of their wealth to well-adjusted heirs. They also warn of a wide range of factors that cause the vast majority of wealthy families to fail in their transition. And when they investigated why these families failed, they found the following. 60% of the failure was attributable to lack of communication and trust within the family. 25% was attributable to inadequate preparation of heirs. 10% was lack of shared family purpose and clarity about how and whether individual family members fit. And finally, the final 5% of failures were attributable to financial planning, tax planning, and investment management mistakes. Another interesting research project surrounding generational wealth comes from Dennis Jaffe's research that he conducted through the Wise Council Research Center. It's called the 100-Year Family Study. It's an international project that focuses on families that have successfully transitioned global enterprises across three generations. The study population currently includes 82 families with an average net worth of about $400 million. 58% of the families are based in North America, 14% are based in Europe, 11% in Asia, 6% in South America, 
and the remaining 11% are in the Middle East or in Africa. 77% of these families continue to own operating businesses while the median age of their enterprise is 114 years old. 44% of the families own assets in excess of $1 billion. What I like about the study is it's done through appreciative inquiry. This is a type of research that was originally pioneered by David Copperwriter and Dana Whitney. Appreciative inquiry has led to some useful and practical research on the nature of successful companies. In this approach, a researcher or consultant begins with what the business is doing well and what works and so that they can expand upon it rather than just fixing problems. So think about Jim Collins and his research, Good to Great, Built to Last. This was done in the appreciative inquiry approach. So what could we learn if we focused our attention on these families that have been able to create and manage wealth for an excess of 100 years rather than just simply upon the businesses in which they operate? If we make families foundational in our examination, then the businesses merely become vehicles to support the family goals and values. Family success today doesn't guarantee more family success tomorrow. Success takes place over time and must be viewed as an evolutionary process of resilience and reinvention. Successful families thus evolve over time and across generations with the continuing challenge of preserving the legacy wisdom and also adapting and finding innovative and new paths forward. More actionable information can be extracted if we look over the long time horizon, a longer time frame, rather than just a mere snapshot. So let's synthesize the findings of Jaffe and these families that have managed on average $400 plus million over 114 years. These successful families demonstrated the following six qualities. The first is shared values and core purpose. These families determine how the family is going to interact with each other and with the community, and they define the purpose of their wealth, which will ultimately keep them united. The second observable trait was relational resilience. These families are committed to cross-generational engagement and support, building connections, trust, and respect across all family members. They demonstrated a commitment to a close community by spending intentional time together. The third quality was long-term business resiliency growth, and development. These families fostered a long-term view of their business portfolio, their investments, and were willing to reinvent and adapt. The fourth quality was governance policies and structures that guided decisions as a family and as a business. These families had a collaborative decision structure rather than a purely founder rule approach. There was information sharing and formal family agreements to organize the affairs with clear roles and boundaries for each family member. The fifth quality was education of the next gen about personal freedom and family responsibility, stewardship and values. These families were invested in their education and personal development and sharing a vision and values for the entire family. The sixth and final quality of these families that had been able to manage wealth across three generations over 100 plus years was a commitment to the community beyond the family. The entire family saw wealth as a resource to help others and to also improve the world. Those six qualities are rare. Most wealthy families aren't able to sustain that level of intentionality and discipline across multiple generations. So ultimately, the family and its wealth eventually dissipates. That's why cultures throughout the world have a similar proverb that communicates how common this is. Rice paddy to rice paddy, clogs to clogs, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves, all in three generations. Those six qualities are simple to learn about, but are not easy to implement. Why does family wealth and flourishing decay with such predictable precision? To address this issue, let's just simply reframe the problem. A family's business achievement 
and its wealth cannot be sustained without the personal commitment to create a great family. Let me say that again. A family's business achievement and wealth cannot be sustained without the personal commitment to create a great family. It's hard, it's time-consuming, and it requires different skills than running a profitable business. Leveraging wealth to provide opportunities without diminishing drive is one of the greatest challenges for any legacy-driven family. Families that do this successfully, they contribute and build to the family's collective capital, not merely living off the financial resources of an earlier generation. Each generation is capable of producing family capital rather than simply leeching off of it. We could call these families generative. These families have an intuition that discovers and awakens itself that in turn leads to other family members dreaming about becoming a flourishing family. They discover that in the word wealth within the context of the family means the well-being of each family member within the whole family, not exclusively the success of the family's financial means. These families come to know that they consist of multiple capitals, the most important which is qualitative. They realize that their qualitative capital is supported by their quantitative capital, but it's never led by it. James Hughes has written extensively about these qualitative capitals. The first is human capital. Are all the family members thriving? The second is intellectual capital. Is the family a learning system that is constantly growing in individual and communal learning? Are its members sharing what they're learning so that the capacity of the whole family to meet the challenges it'll face in the future are actually enhanced? The third capital is social or relational capital. This is when the family is capable of making extremely good strategic decisions and governing itself. The family can make decisions of consequence together. The family is emotionally open and honest with each other. Each member feels open to share how they feel, not just how they think. The fourth form of qualitative capital is spiritual capital. This is the family's ability to form a common generative vision that seeks to enable the long-term flourishing of each family member as well as the entire family unit. To further unpack this concept, go to the podcast notes and we'll link to a qualitative family balance sheet. It's an example that was originally created by James Hughes and will help you better understand these topics that we just ran through. Listen, there's been volumes of books written on this topic. We didn't even scratch the surface today as we discuss these qualitative capitals. We merely just provided basic labels. However, we're passionate about this topic. If you wanted to chat about this topic or more, we'd welcome the conversation. We're starting to explore repeatable experiences for families of wealth to create and sustain generational flourishing. We really want to ensure that each generation is prepared for the complexities and opportunities created by wealth. We'll be back next week with some more new content. And so until then, be well.